Hello, this is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell West. And in a packed programme tonight, as they used to say in the two nights, we are doing 31 separate topics as we do RPG a day for August, a little late, never mind. And we're also talking about a perennial topic, how to do your first GM instinct. Shall we get on? RPG a day, something to put on your blog each day about role-playing games. Mm-hmm. This year he did it again. Well, we missed August, but it's still September as we record this, even if it won't be by the time you hear it. So here we go again. We did, we did, I, we, not, not many of these questions will have altered. Though it's a completely new set. All right, all right, let's see what it provokes this time. We are going to diverge a bit on this, because to, for first approximation, Michael actually goes out and talks to people that I sit in my fortress of solitude. Going tap on the keyboard. Yeah, the crystals, uh, the walls, the artificial intelligence. No comment. So, forthcoming game that you are most looking forward to. Well, if it happens, the, I look, I'm looking forward to the third edition reissue updating of Unknown Armies. Mm-hmm. Because it was an awesome game in the 90s, but it was very much of the 90s. And um, I'd like to see what can be done with the basic ideas from it in a new era. I've got the horrid feeling they'll probably add more fiddly bits, because people do. But um, failing that happening, I've backed the Kickstarter for a new version, expansion supplements for uh, Microscope, the game of improvising histories and uh, backstories. And I think it's what I've decided to call a brainstorming game. Yeah, it's a thing... I'd li- really like to try fiddling with it at some point. I get the feeling that one, it would be best if it had, if one had at least one person in the group who'd done it before. But well, I really want to try it sometime. Okay. Uh, I can't actually say what I'm looking forward to because it's a good supplement that's in place test and hasn't been announced yet. But mm. we will come back when it's been published and say that was the thing Roger was talking about. You can insert some eerie man in black spooky music in the background here. Kickstarted game that you are most pleased you backed, and I haven't actually backed any RPG Kickstarters. So. Well, uh, game. Um, well, I, th- I think we can include supplements. All right. In that case, in that case, the clear winner is the guide to Glorantha, um, and not just because one of my ideas appears in one paragraph um, <laughs> in, in the section on the E styles. At least I think it's mine. Has it been mangled a bit and you're not quite sure? Or... No, no, it's just I can't at this late date remember if the idea was entirely mine or if I, 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 I peeled it off some, uh, somebody else's. But I did write about it back way back in the day and it seems to have survived. Fair enough. Uh, Favourite new game, or supplement, of the last 12 months? I haven't got one. I, it's been a bit of a disappointing year for brand new games. Um... There have been good supplements for old, old games and new versions of old games. Feng Shui 2 uh, deserves a mention. But I, I I don't see anything brand new that's made me go, Oh! The one that has significantly changed the campaigns that I want to run list is get Social Engineering Back to School. Hmm. I'm not sure. Does that count? It's... 
it, it's a supplement. It, it's not a full game, but it's got, it's why caused me to think. I, I was thinking about a game of um, basically naval operations in a science fictional future in space. Yeah. And it then occurred to me as the supplement came in and started talking about stuff you could do at school, what you could do is start with a bunch of characters, potential PCs, at the Naval Academy equivalent. Okay, and then... And they, they you know, skim over the learning side, but you know, have, have various short excursions and strange things they did, and those then become the, the basis for not only the sort of jobs they get later on, they can decide what, they, what they're going to be yeah. good at, um, but also, oh yeah, you remember back in the day... Well, I think I think I, I think one of the things you do with it is introduce the lifelong enemy, Absolutely. the the well the well connected but but uh, but incompetent, and the the brutal but somehow immune to being kicked out of the service, uh, upper classmen, mm-hmm. uh, the people who are they're going to either have to uh, disgrace or um, or or be crushed by later on. Basically, that there are huge bodges of specific. Um, guided character points available hmm. because you, know, you you can pick up that you know, if you decide to risk yourself welfare and go, and go to the tea with the really important people you might get social connections which you can then put into your, onto your character sheet as allies later yeah. it's a sort of extended character generation session in effect oh right Mr. Midshipman whatever most surprising game. This isn't tagged to the last twelve months, but uh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, it's been a long time since I've been surprised, and and if I go on about Everway and Over the Edge and all the stuff back in the day, people will get the impression that I am even more of an old fogey than I am. I do occasionally <laughs> think it's bloody surprising that ever got published, but I don't feel like I should be specific, except to mention Aria. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I was expecting that to work, and it didn't for me. But, um, yeah, recent stuff, um, again, social engineering, back to school, I wasn't expecting to like it. Mm. I, I should should say, by the way, I was on the playtest for this, um, so so I didn't pay for it, and therefore a declaration of interest and so on. But I was thinking that this was going to be a, a fairly dull book about training, which is, after all, a fairly dull thing in yeah. game terms. But, in fact, it turned out to be much more interesting than I thought it would be. Most recent role-playing game purchase? Uh, last night. <laughs> Aces and Eights, off the bundle of holding. I've been looking for a good um, Western game, and this looks fairly gamist, and uh, something I might drag out as a light supplement in the middle of other things. I've heard good things about it, never actually played it. Uh, for me, a couple of weeks ago, GURPS Thaumatology Sorcery, Mm. which is being described as the way you can convert the classic GURPS magic system to powers, but that's not really what interests me about it. What interests me is that this is a way of saying, if you want a system of spells or magic that is that is essentially based on powers but has some sort of control over it beyond that, either, yeah. as in you know, there are people who are wizards and there are people who aren't, and things like that, yeah. it gives you the framework you need to build that. It, it's, to me, a, a very, very useful addition to thaumatology. Well, I know that people argue against the classic GURPS magic system in that it's not balanced, it's not um, compatible with anything else. But I do like to, I do like to stick with it. This requi- it, this strikes me as requiring too much work. I mean, being a wizard is always more work than being a sorcerer. Yeah, I, I don't see myself saying right. All the classic GURPS spells are now switched to to powers based, and you can you can build them out of character points. Absolutely not. What, what I see this as 
being used for is the same thing I would use GURPS thermatology for. I'm starting a new campaign. I want a weird magic system. Mm. Here is a framework for me to put it in. Yeah. Um, talking of classic GURPS magic, most recent role-playing game played. GURPS, the 36th dawn of magic uh, yesterday. And, and speaking of weird magic systems, you're absolutely right. This is using a word-based game. The sorcerers know verbs and nouns which they can manipulate to create specific spell effects. I've also plugged in the 36 names of magic, the... Well, they're not quite sure if they're angels or demons or what they are. <laughs> um, that that power and give them extra abilities, or at least those of them who are lucky enough to be members of the 36, which the players are. Magic has returned to the world, uh, courtesy of a very ill-advised experiment by Mr. Isaac Newton. <laughs> and they are in the service of uh, King uh, Charles II. Uh, they have discovered that King Louis... Um, is actually one of the 36, um, and which is worrying them somewhat dreadfully. <laughs> and last night they found uh, two more uh, NPC members of the 36, and one of whom was persuaded to come along, and one of whom was kidnapped. So um, <laughs> they already have the, in custody the person whose word is the word of re is the name of rebellion and revolt against injustice. Oh, that's going to end well. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to get a moral debate going, but um, it's hard work. And what for you, sir? Also, last night, um, GURPS Infinite Cabal, not being run by me. Yeah. Uh, the player characters are Cabalists, under the aegis, in fact, of Sir Isaac Newton. In that's a funny coincidence. 1722, I think we're up to by now. Maybe don't keep careful. 1677, sometime in January. Uh, in any case, um, he... he, he um, D developed the basics of magic, and being Sir Isaac was quite good at this. We we have then gone out exploring the infinite worlds as part part of the cabal, which is not exactly what you'd call a monolithic organisation at the best of times. Yeah, we we are essentially scientific cabalists. Yes, uh, are you, how are you feeling about the? Are you encountering the other cabalists, the ones who are? We, I don't think we've met. We've, really, really evil. We, we've met some other cabalists that, that we can talk to, and, and um, they don't quite share our worldview, but we can basically get on with them. We haven't met any of the really weird ones yet. Uh huh. On the other hand, we we have met Infinity, and I think they think we're the really weird ones. That just shows that shows the flaws in their worldview. We've only destroyed one timeline so far, and it was by accident. I'm sure that will be taken into consideration at the final judgment. Okay, what's next? Uh, Favourite free role-playing game? Warp, uh, the core mm. of uh, of Over the Edge, which is available on Atlas uh, Games site, along with a few uh, scenarios for, for the same. You it's a very buy one by me. Uh, I, I was I was allowing you to say that. <laughs> there, it's a very simple, uh, very um, very adap adaptable system. I've used it for lots of different things. For one-offs, it's ideal because you say, here, you have this number of dice, this is how you roll them, um, let's go with it. Yeah, um, I still have a soft spot for fudge. It's more of a role-playing game construction kit than a role-playing game, I will readily admit this. But give, give it a little bit of tweaking and, and a bit of framework and it works quite well. It doesn't have to be the complexity that you get if you end yeah. up with fate. I've used fudge as a, as, as a spark to inspiration but i'm not i'm not a, a, a gaming mechanic gearhead and i've never actually created something with it but it, uh, if you read it it is a treatment of how to how to uh, to put a game together and it's very good for that the other one i'd mention is forgotten futures 
Oh, um, yes. Not because I'm particularly impressed with the mechanics, but because the subject matter. Yes, there was Space 1889, but Forgotten Futures did as Edison Ards beautifully. Hmm. That, there's a lot of good stuff comes out of Marcus. Yeah. Um, let's see. Favourite appearance of role-playing games in media? I don't watch very much, and, uh, and all the ones I'm aware of are either condescending or um, let's laugh at the geeks. Yeah, and you, you get the occasional show like Community where clearly somebody somebody involved has actually played at some point, but they probably don't anymore. But when, whenever they do show up, they seem to be what I think of as 80s-style dungeon bashes rather than the sort of game I actually like to play now. Uh, there is all the, the there is the equivalent of the of the holodeck ventures out of Star Trek, which feed some of the have some of the same feel and are mm. are a bit always the people who get involved are always a bit nerdy and always a bit obsessive. Even Tom Paris in um, Voyager is made fun of because of his holodeck habits. Mm. Though the, the seeing Captain Janeway in the in the supervillainess's outfit is, is is rewarding itself. You must have got given up watching by then. Oh well, it was fun. <laughs> uh, and on the on the other side of that, favourite media that you wish were an RPG. All right, I had to think back to this. Um, Adam Adamant, Adam Adamant Lives was a TV mm. series of my youth. It was what. Uh, Verity Lambert did um, after she left Doctor Who and it was about an Edwardian uh, adventurer revived in the 1960s and I thought, well, yeah, you could do something with that or with a group mm. of them perhaps and then I thought about Kingsman of the Secret Service the recent film and I realised basically what I'm looking for is a revival of the style of the um, 1960s spy-fi in the 21st century there are games which attempt to do 60s Spice 5, but I haven't been terribly happy with them. Um, Agents of Swing, sort of, but I don't like, really like Fate that much. I haven't tried it myself, but have you looked at the actual original James Bond RPG? I've heard good things about it. Uh, I have heard thing, good things about it, but I think it's a bit old for, uh, old for now. It might give you some stuff to steal, at least. Yeah, well, excuse me, this is what I want somebody else to do, not what I want to do myself. Yeah, fair enough. Um... I'm I'm not so sure anymore. I, mean, I, I I used to get really enthusiastic about stuff like this. I mean, when, when there was an actual Star Wars RPG, for example, or an actual Star Trek RPG, but I'm, I'm not sure the official RPG of the series is a good idea anymore. Um, I can, I can it, point, to, point to counter-examples, and I will, probably will later in well, the podcast. When, but... when this sort of thing was getting started, yeah. um, if you wanted to get information about a TV show or a film series or something like that, yeah. you had to... Um, but buy it and watch the episodes, basically, yeah. or make obsessive notes on first viewing or whatever. But it was a it was a fairly hard thing to do, and so having having a role playing game supplement that had here is how mm. this setting works was a really useful thing. Now we have Wikia, and we have an army of other people to True. do that for us. And if I want to know about Firefly, there is a Firefly Wiki which has everything ever mentioned in the series or the films, and as much as was mentioned yep. about it. Um, and, and background and the plans and the, and the storylines that didn't get in and uh, all it, that it, stuff. Yeah. So, uh, do I really need to buy a Firefly RPG when I could do it with Traveller or GURP Space or whatever else I happen to like? Yeah, I my feeling is, uh, uh, with a very few exceptions, what I'm tempted to do with, with TV properties is look at it and say, yes, but if I twisted it like this... I might want to do a Stargate-like game. It's a very um, 
is a very usable property, but I'm mm. not. I don't particularly want to have Tilk and uh, and Anil and the rest of them in the background. I I might want to do. I I've I thought I have actually run such a game. Uh, they they were in the background, but it was distant background. They, yeah. they would occasionally come in for a cameo. But uh, but but I'm more tempted to say let's play um, Stargate VR one, in which uh, Professor Challenger. And, um, and, and, uh, and Edison, uh, venture beyond the stars and establish the Terran Empire, Queen Victoria in charge. <laughs> By the grace of God, defender of Mars. <laughs> What's next? Uh, let's see. Favourite role-playing game publisher. Well, this is very easy for me, um, because not only do Steve Jackson games produce stuff I write, they publish stuff I write, and they pay on time without being prodded. Yep, I can see you for your for your enthusiasm. This doesn't make them unique among wrong playing game publishers, but it certainly makes them unusual. I um, I I will put in a word for a word for Steve Jackson Games, in as much as they are the publisher that I use the most. They're not currently the publisher I buy most of and read new stuff from. Mm. That is Pelgrane Press at the moment. Yeah. At the moment, I am working my way through the Dracula dossier, even as we speak, <laughs> trying to figure out your thoughts on that. Hasn't one. Yeah, my thoughts are my godfathers. <laughs> uh, my my thoughts are that the that the uh, that the Knights Black Agents uh, and getting my my team to, my players to get their heads around that, and me getting my head around that for that matter is going to be the, the the barrier rather than the improv nature of the game and the mm. possibilities. Anyway, but yeah, I do take your point. There there is behind us a a wall of third edition GURPS books, which are quite often still useful. Hmm. Favourite role-playing game writer? At the moment, Ken Height, despite occasionally wanting to slap him for his political opinions. <laughs> um, if, he, if, he, if he completes um, uh, Unknown Army's third edition, then he'll probably swing back to Greg Stolze. Hmm. Yeah, I, I do like a lot of Ken's stuff. Um, the people I've been thinking about recently are the, the people who are technically particularly good because I, I do like Ken's ideas and yeah. the, the, the things he does with them but when it comes to translating those into right what do you do at this moment in the game I find there are often gaps yeah so Sean Punch is very good at putting little fiddly details just just where I expect to find them when I want mm. to lay hands on them and Bill Stoddard gets me to want to run stuff that he's written about well he's not doing as much um, nowadays uh, Phil Masters has a, a mm -hmm. lovely and very English way of of making making the information available to uh, to you, and um, anyway, and, and and never dry. Yeah. yeah. T talking about well, yes, we can't talk about that. Uh, Favorite role playing game illustration. I had to think. I'm not a I I'm not as visual a person as I would like, but I did appreciate the black and white illustrations in Rain. Hmm. It, it evoked the world. Very nicely, and from very few, um, and it was consistent throughout throughout the design. I think I will say that there are two covers: the original AD and D player's handbook, mm. the great big orange demon idol with with the adventurers scurrying over it and prying out the eye, and so on. It doesn't just say what the game is about. It's it, it's these are who these people are. This is what they're going to be doing. This is the sort of game you're going to get. This, yeah. this is what the game is for. Uh, similarly, the the original Shadowrun cover, um, mm. where where you have a, a bunch of um, fantasy characters with cyberware doing technical things in, with a technical background. Again, it tells you this is the sort of stuff that's going to be happening in this game. Yeah. 
I, I'm not one of not one of the people who cares a lot about um, role playing game art, but th those are ones that work for me. Uh, some of the covers of the uh, of the Avalon Hill editions of uh, Glorantha stuff, uh, the Gods of Glorantha, I think it was with the uh, multi armed um, statue of uh, well, in the Temple of the Reaching Moon, or the 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 panorama over Parvis in uh, in um, River of Cradles. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, a dishonourable mention: uh, the the panty shot in that exalted supplement, um, which was generally condemned. Yeah, I, I, I think it was Ringquest Three. Well, the, much enjoyed, but generally condemned. <laughs> I think it was the Ringquest Three Avalon Hill edition um, that did that revolutionary thing of having a woman sensibly dressed for a fight on the cover. Yes, it was. <laughs> And it and it, it it showed you a lot about the default setting, the 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 Bronze Age, Iron Age feel of it. Uh, Favorite role playing game podcast, presumably not counting this one. Other than us, I have to say, Ken and Robin talk about stuff. They, yeah. they do it every week. Mm -hmm. It's it's not always about role playing games. There, there is generally some RPG relevance. Okay, not when they're talking about food, but when they're talking about you know. Um, Weird people from history, or whatever, uh, and the and the weird books that uh, the uh, Ken has added to his ever expanding bookshelf. I couldn't do that much. I certainly couldn't read that much. I should put in here uh, because I said I would an honourable mention of for a new podcast called Grognard Files, mm, yes, which is about um, about uh, a chap in Bolton and his friends talking about what it was like back in the day. Uh, they started uh, with their Adventures and experiences of uh, of running uh, Gloranthan RuneQuest, and uh, gave me an honourable mention for uh, the uh, for the for the first appearance uh, of me in print, which was the Rumble in the Tin Inn back in um, <laughs> uh, back in the uh, days when White Dwarf was actually a general purpose role playing magazine. Mm -hmm. They, the the uh, the chief podcaster there has uh, listened to our podcast, and described it to me in a, in an email as a bit like Ken and Robin meets history today, and I'm not at all sure I have been com complimented. Maybe we should use that as the subtitle on the side. <laughs> Favorite role playing game accessory. Just a moment. He's taking down a thing. Large thing. It's a, it's a hexagonal intersection thing. What is that? My favourite role playing game accessory. It's well, I possibly indulge in a little too much. Yeah. Hang on a sec. Which is dice. Oh my lord, that is a dice box. That is a dice box. We're going to need a bigger boat. This is a dice box in stereo. Good grief. You, d Roger? I've been doing this since the early 80s and I don't lose very many dice. Uh-huh. Well, are those, are those, are, are those, are, yes. And orange, I did. You have a d dice for every day of the uh, millennium, it looks like. Good, every day of the century, I exaggerate slightly. But We're working on it. Yeah. And... Yes. What do you need the small ones for? Or was that just a good idea at the time? Uh, the really tiny ones were both very cheap 
and handy for um, marking spa- space fighters losses in full thrust, where you have a group of six fighters to start okay. with. My word. Some of those look like you've got them... Some of those in that rank there look like you've got them in first edition uh, D&D box sets. There might be one or two of those left, but I don't think so. I, I, I hope you take just a subset of this to any particular... Uh, at least gaming session outside your place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, such as this lot up here. Um, mm. a, a friend of mine has uh, discovered that Chessex will engrave custom dice for you. Ooh. And, for example, for wargaming we have we have the uh, German cross mm-hmm. for the Soviets. How small a order will they run to? I think the minimum you can do is ten, but if you do a hundred it gets a lot cheaper. Because I'm thinking I've found the Christmas presents for my uh, for my <laughs> gaming groups. Hmm. That's an idea. Yeah, put a link on that to that in the show notes. I will do that. But yes, I've had James screens. They're, they're quite useful sometimes. Um, but dice. Oh yeah, and and the uh, propelling pencil. And your favourite pe- propelling pencil. All right. Three. Well, I thought about three things. My battle mat, I have a selection of the old uh, uh, white clean uh, battle mats, which I've not kept clean enough over the years. Too many of them are, are stained with the remnants mm. of the things I didn't clean off in time and didn't check whether it was actually erasable before. Red is usually bad. Yeah, well, there are a lot of blue marks on mine as well. Then I thought about uh, the dice rolling uh, programs on my iPhone. And then I thought, finally, what I'm using most at the moment is the recorder program on my iPhone because it takes recordings of all my sessions and I can uh, use them to write up and uh, consult later on. And I'm doing that every week with every game that I run. That's interesting because that's three things that I basically don't do. Um, I've never really been into miniatures or tactical maps, so I'll do sketches sometimes. Mm. Um, I don't like dice rolling programs because I like rolling dice. The physical feel is good, but hey, if you've left your D100 at home, or if you suddenly need a D28 for some reason... Yeah, fair enough. Um, and I, I've recorded occasional sessions, um, one that I ran last year at the YSDC Games Day, I think. I've yeah. recorded occasional sessions, but it takes so long to go through them for reference that I don't usually bother. Hmm. It does. T- it does take a while, and if, as I've said before, if I were better disciplined, I'd do it the night, the day after. But hey, yeah, I, I just take a lot of notes at the time. See previous comments. Right, repelling pencil. Yeah. Uh, longest campaign that you have played. When did GURPS come out? <laughs> no, I, I ask because it's vague in my memory. When was first edition? First edition. Um, late eighties. Late eighties. I'm not sure. Eighty, I, I, I think it was. Hang on, it must have been a. It must have been 1987 because that was the year I had one year's run in a single play, and I bought the first edition at Nottingham where we were rehearsing. Uh, this one says 86. 86. All right. Well, it may not have reached England until I was in that rehearsing in, uh, or I may not have had the money until I was in work. That makes more sense. But anyway, I bought it in Nottingham when we were rehearsing Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, which went on tour for a year. And 
Um, when I got back from that and was with my uh, home group, I started the campaign, which is still going. I mean, I, it was ten year, there was a 10-year gap between the session I ran last year, but the deed of Sir Alison de Lacey, Knight of the Stone, and her several companions, as she wanders the, uh, the, the, the many worlds uh, beyond, the, beyond the Sundering Seas and uh, it, and leads her fight against the vast interdimensional necromantic conspiracy that <laughs> uh, she deeply believes is behind everything. The fact that there is some evidence from this does not mean she's not deluded. <laughs> so Alison is still alive. Uh, there has been at least, at least one death of a player in the in the campaign. Um, so Alison is, st is still alive and uh, so are her her two, her, her two initial companions, and I, I still have have fun with her. It's a, it's terribly wild and woolly, echoing around the earth, the world of the Banestorm and other places. But it is uh, it is great fun and and quite stylish. And I'm I'm very I'm feel great, great affection towards the characters. Hmm. Any any other rough number of sessions or? Oh, as I say, it 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 it, it folds for. I, I do it for a year or so, and then it folds for a while, and then I do it again. I don't actually somewhere into the hundreds, then somewhere somewhere into the hundreds. I mean, assuming I do four, I did forty a year each. It's it's certainly in the hundreds, yeah. But it's not a continuous campaign. I've I did a, a long running uh, RuneQuest campaign which lasted for several years in the eighties, but I burned out on it terribly and doing and I learned from that not to do a game every week with the same people in the same setting I just know it's a mistake mm, I, I do like changing things around from time to time and usually the way I do this is to set up a new campaign that said my World War Two campaign has recently had its 70 something session which is probably a record for me yeah uh, it's been running since 2007 roughly monthly though we've missed a few uh, you you may note this is longer than the actual war, but we are only doing it one day a month. Hey, hey, Mash, landed lasted much much longer than the Korean War did. And it it's interesting. I'm really glad I go, I did good record keeping right from the beginning on mm. that. And it it was about thirty sessions in where one of the players asked me for an NPC list, but I was at least able to construct it. Yeah. And that that is now kept up to date and is a hugely valuable tool when I'm planning sessions. Yeah, occasionally my players do remember characters from the start of Sir Alison's uh, campaign, and I go, "What? What? Uh, when? When was? What did I say back? Way back then?" Well, I can improvise and lie and <laughs> pretend that what I really meant. But this is these are valuable GMing skills. Probably don't actually have any of the same brain cells as then. But what makes you think I had any brain cells then? Longest game session that you've played. Well, unless you count LARPs, um, I, I don't do very long gaming sessions. I, I've never done the marathon thing. It never really struck me as fun to be, uh, uh, where am I? What happened? Uh, I'm only still alive. Mm. Four or five hours is as long as five hours would be would be a, a marathon session for me. It's usually about three or four for me. I um. Back when I was uh, going over to mates' places at weekends, um, we would sometimes start stop before lunch and go on until the late evening. It might might be nine or ten hours mm. with semi breaks for food. 
I've never done anything you know, overnight or similar. This next lot I think we can take together. Um, Favourite RPG for fantasy, for science fiction, for supers, for horror? Well, RuneQuest Glorantha, still. Mm-hmm. Is my favourite, is my nomination for fantasy. Oh, Though um, Bainstorm, if Bainstorm comes a close second. And for, for game, my general option is going to be GURPS for each of them, but if I have to pick something else, um, quite possibly Pendragon for fantasy, because it does yes. things in a weird way. Yeah. Um, for science fiction, I don't know that I've got one. Um, Traveller is all very well, but there are awkwardnesses with the background and. Um, even even running it with a uh, with GURPS, which I like better, and I'm reading the new edition playtest, um, which is rather fine in some ways, but it, it is remembering reminding me how wargamey it its roots are. I had an enthusiasm for Eclipse phase, but that sort of uh, died with trying to get it into my head to to a state where I could actually run it, and it wouldn't. I would use GURPS if I were running a science fiction campaign mm. because there is the support for it. But I haven't found a world of setting that really... I'd have to write my own, I think. Yeah. I, for, for non-GURPS science fiction, um, I did a lot with Space Master, both the system and the setting. This is this is the science fiction yeah. end of Rollmaster. Uh, it's a travellerish Imperium, but it is more obviously rotten. Um, so that there is more room for player characters to get in and pry things up. Yeah. Uh, supers, I, I haven't yet found a supers game I liked. There may well not be one because I just don't really like supers anyway. So. I know I haven't got one. I, I like the idea of supers. It does does appeal to me. Icons is okay-ish, and I'd like to try and running Wild Talents sometime. Um, I, I, I don't have a clear idea how to do... Uh, super as well. It can degenerate, as Feng Shui can, into into slugfest all the time. And the interesting thing about supers for me is the emotional interaction between the characters and the moral issues that they bring up. That said, I didn't really grok Smallville, which maybe because I hadn't watched the series that much, and I don't think it really. It, it is all about the, the relationships all of the time, and that's an overbalancing in another direction. Mm. Yeah, I, I suspect if it's a weekly TV series, they, they have to worry about budget for effects and so on, so, so they have to push it away from the big showy yeah. things. Uh, I, I don't know why, I mean, but never mind. Uh, for horror, um, I actually split split on this one. Uh, I love Call of Cthulhu. I play it whenever I get the opportunity. Mm. Um, but I also quite like... The, the other end of the scale, something like Dread, which is explicitly narrativist, but makes it work. Dread is definitely worth mentioning, but I think, again, I'm going to go for Unknown Armies. Mm. The, 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 the flexibility of, of de- defining the characters and, the, and the, the mechanics for the price they have to pay for who they want to be mm. make it very interesting. Favourite role-playing game setting, as distinct, I think, from, from a specific campaign? or Glorantha. With Tecumela mm. close second, but Glorantha still. Mm. I think, for me, probably Transhuman Space. It, it hits a sweet spot between having a distinctive flavour that there, there is stuff happening that wouldn't happen anywhere else, Yeah. and freedom to do things, the sort of things that player characters want to do. It may be a little too orderly 
in, in the bits that people it, want to play in. But very, there, there, are, there are less orderly places you can go to. Hmm. Yeah, there is not enough evil in transhuman space. Well, there's lots of evil. There isn't enough evil you can hit. Right. The perfect gaming environment. All right, I'm going to rant a bit. Um, all right, a large enough table to seat up to six players and one GM. Comfy chairs for all with decent back support. Windsor chairs for preference. Um, not just because they originate locally. Side tables to put your snacks and whatnot on. A warm room with good acoustics and not too echoing. Uh, sound system and Wi-Fi access nowadays. Controllable lighting. Sometimes you want to have um, the room generally lit. Sometimes you want just the effect of the of the the, the table in the war room in, in Doctor Strange Love, just a circle of light <laughs> and darkness around. Uh, a whiteboard to, to write and draw on, and a corkboard to pin things up on. And in the corner, a fridge, a kettle, and a microwave. <laughs> hmm, I must admit I didn't go into that much that much detail. Um, I don't actually mind whether I have a table or not, possibly because we, we don't tend to use the metal map thing. Mm. Maybe quite background music, but if so, uh, no no lyrics in it because that's just too distracting. Yeah, I actually prefer no computers on the table at all. Yeah, it, it's an argument, but but I'd have to beat them up to take their their their, their smartphones from them, and I'm I'm not that physical now. Well, I, I'm not going to be using. Uh, all right, I don't have a smartphone anyway, but if, I'm not, I'm not going to be using something like that if I'm going to a film or reading a book. I don't see why I should expect to use it while I'm playing a game, which is even more social. Yeah. And, but I'm also thinking of this as the GM. If I have a computer while I'm GMing and I try to get notes off it, it, it just doesn't work as well for me as having stuff on paper, even if I printed it from a computer. Hmm. Yeah, there are things that I want to. There are things that I want to know. Things that come up, and I and I suddenly need to know. And I'll say, well, then then maybe I can pick I can pick it up from somewhere else and look something up and put it away again. But. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. In that ha- case, having it you want, you, distracting. You, you, you want a, a row of books in the in the back. In, you want a bookshelf in the background with a careful selection of. Well, yes. Yes. All right. Fair enough. Looking around. The perfect game for you does not yet exist. Whatever I'm going to run next, it's going to be perfect this time. <laughs> all I want is something as inspiring as Everway, as ambitious as Hero Quest or Rain, as easy to use as Warp but as detailed and simulationist as GURPS uh, when I need it, and as fun a game as Feng Shui can be at its best, it may not be possible to do such a thing in one game. Hmm. There are tensions there, and there always have been, between one set of design criteria and another. Um, And if you have a sliding scale of detail... Hmm then two two players or player and GM may have different opinions as to where on that scale they want to be at that particular moment. Yeah, well, it is something you, ha- you have to fudge, and it's something that will vary. P- players aren't always the same all the time. But, yeah, I don't think I, I don't think it exists, but I have found myself out of sympathy with games which play one note. A uh, game should be, like a human being, should be a general-purpose tool. Mm. Um, the the canonical one note game for me is Paranoia, which is great fun to play once. Yeah. And um, to play every week for a year, no. No, quite. All right. What for you then? Um, yeah. What whatever I'm going to run next. Quite seriously, it, it always feels as if this time I'm going to do it better. Sometimes this is even true. 
<laughs> I, I, I try oh. to make each game better than the previous ones. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I, I, I think I'd probably hit my peak with World War Two because it just everything has fit together perfectly. But eh. yeah. favorite house rule. All right, this one is the one where I say the GM is the one who says which is the tens and which is the singles die, or which is the positive and which is the negative die if we're playing Feng Shui, not Quest or something. You all follow the same custom, and, and none of this, but I always roll the blue die as the tens after you've rolled it for the first time. Right. I'm sorry, that, 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 that is that I have to firmly state and, and, and step on people who whinge and talk about their lucky dice. I'm not having any of it. There are benefits of th having 3D6 unordered that I had never previously thought of. <laughs> Quite. Um, I, I'm not a big house rules user. I, I, there are rules I often ignore, but I don't think that's really a house rule as such. Mm. Um, I was, I'm quite happy with the thing I did for GURPS Torg, which is two systems that are not even slightly designed to be compatible. Bunging them together and see how it R goes. Running together remarkably well, actually. Oh. It, it took three iterations with player feedback. Yeah. But it, it, it's come down to, yes, this does actually work and produce flaws, uh, results that feel much like the results you would get in the original game. Hmm. Hmm. Favourite revolutionary game mechanic? Everway character generation. Uh, Jonathan Tweet looked at the ways people make up their minds about and went just draw inspiration for um, creating things and decided that the visual route was the one that was being least used and was the most important one. He found out that there were these things called fantasy collecting art cards, little cards about which people did with covers off books, and used that initially and then some specially commissioned art to say, here, Look at these this hundred or so cards. Find out find the one which is the picture of your character. Then find three others, which is the backstory of your character, <laughs> and we'll go from there. And it's brilliant. Um I should I should play Everway uh, more often. Um You should run it, then I could play it. Alright, I'm gonna think about it. We've got a list here. Um, <laughs> for you? Uh, I haven't got anything to match that, but um, certainly in terms of the effect it had on me, Pendragon, Passions and Families. Mm. Okay, it's two separate things. But the, 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 the passions were a way of causing you to act in, a, in an appropriate style to the genre you're playing without being a complete clamp on everything you do. Yeah. And, 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 the, and the families just cause you to think in terms of the long view as well as can I beat this guy up or not. I think the interesting thing about um, Pendragon Passions is the fact that you will sometimes fail. That mm. Even the most chivalrous, even the most courtly knight will sometimes not live up to what he should be doing. If you if you are um, if you're you're even if you're the most courageous knight in the world, sometimes you will find yourself fleeing and unable to face the the terrible thing. Mm. And and that that makes for better storytelling. As I've said before, um, you need to make the failures interesting as well as the successes. Hmm. A favourite inspiration in your games? This is still kind of depress me. It's depressing me because it's not a very good literary source. It's Elizabeth Moon's Paxinarium uh, mm -hmm. series, which came out very clearly out of early... Uh, gaming, it's full of paladins and thieves mm -hmm. and, and el uh, 
sort of Tolkienian elves that they get later. Like, and she's continuing the series, and it's all about the sort of things that obsess me. Um, the role of the gods, ethics, being a champion for higher powers. And I'm depressed by this because having read the, the latest uh, and so far last one of the series, I recognise they're not very well-written books, but they still move something in me. And I fear that my players sometimes put up with me obsessing about these issues. I try to make it entertaining at the table and that sort of thing, and not to wave things away. Uh, but Moon isn't that... I enjoy her very much, but she isn't that good, good an author. And I feel a little ashamed of that, but still. Oh, I quite like uh, some of her stuff. Um, yeah, not, it's quite quite harsh about some of her stuff in your in your reviews. On yeah, but I finished the series. Yeah, true. Um, what, I, what I try to do for inspiration is everything. Look, look on everything as a source of... Mm. I can get ideas from that, as as with the real-life weirdness we've been talking about recently. Yeah. The thing I often find myself using is bad films and television, Some, something I've, I think I've mentioned before. Sandy Peterson uh, is one who has blazed that path. Well, be, because the plots and, and characterization and so on generally isn't that well integrated. A, a, a hack writer has said, OK, we, we need a squid monster in an undersea base. Yeah. But they haven't tried to integrate that with the, what the characters are like and, and so on. So you can throw a completely different set of characters like the PCs yeah. at it and it'll still work. Or you, you can peel out one idea from that and one idea from something else and then mix them together. Well, well, the person who wrote it certainly wasn't using it well. You might as well. Yeah. Uh, Favourite idea for merging two games into one? Uh, Dune and Rain. Hmm. I think there is something to be written about a... Uh, a science fiction space opera setting in which you are one of the noble houses and are competing to protect your planetary holdings from uh, uh, from your enemies and uh, to grovel your way up the, 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 the slimy pole at the Emperor's Court if we can throw a bit of on guard in as well. <laughs> Oddly enough, I, I don't do a lot of this any, anymore. I, I in, in the... Um... Mid mid nineties, I was doing a lot of letters let throw in a setting with everything. Yeah. Um, but when I was thinking about this, the the one that occurred to me was to take the Pendragonish approach to to another to another social game, and the, and the idea that occurred to me was decadent science fiction, in, in yeah. the same sort of way. So you so you got the the strapping young heroes who are, who are going out and forging the new empire. Yeah. And they then become the grandparents of the spoiled bullies of the dying empire. Ooh, that requires. That would require immense amounts of investment, but I see your point. Yeah, 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 but but you, you uh, see, see previous comments on campaigns that are a bit of a downer. Yeah, but, quite. Uh, uh, Favourite game you no longer play? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, my players were complaining only yesterday that we only played this at Christmas, if then. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a very enjoyable setting... And the game is beautifully um, uh, adapted to it. But it's starting to feel very last millennium in my head. And uh, that's a bad way to approach it, especially as a, in a really serious grognard like me. But yeah, I, I no longer play it. And I sort of wish I felt the innocence that I did when I was playing it. 
that actually feels a bit the way I, I felt when I was looking over Torg recently mm. and thinking, yeah, at the time this this was a revolutionary bit of game mechanics, but now we have other games and they just do that sort of thing better. Mm. But uh, f for me, um, I still have a soft spot for Rollmaster. I used it for years. Uh, yes, it was class and level, but it wasn't very class and level, and you could just get stuff done with it. Mm. Uh, it, it, it it's a great mass of stuff, of systems, most most of which use the same core mechanics, so they're easy to remember, yeah. and you can just make make things happen, whatever sort of game you want to do. Mm. Favourite role-playing website or blog? Uh, RPG Net, on which I waste entirely too many of my dwindling hours of my life. But um, it's a place where I can read about upcoming games. I suspect that it's a place where a company publicists can pop in and say, hey, have you noticed the new XYZ is out? Has anybody read it yet? Which is <laughs> um, uh, which is all right, as long as, the, as long as people are allowed to say yes and it's rubbish. And, uh, and the tangency open uh, thread of yes, talking about anything from people's pets who are healthy or dead and politics and um, food and everything else. It's a very geeky place to be. Mm, I've never really got into it. Um, I think I have an account there but I've barely used it. Yeah, well. But I, I, I do hang about a bit on the Steve Jackson Games forums. I have noticed you there. I, 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 I pop in every day and see if anything interesting is happening. Um, but I, 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 don't, I don't... I've read some... Role playing time. Sean Punch's blog has campaign write ups when he's running a campaign, yeah. which are fun. But at the moment he isn't, so it's basically just weekly GURPS news, which doesn't doesn't really count, I think. I pop into uh, into uh, Marcus Rowland's um, uh, uh, blog, which is known as Meme Free Zone. <laughs> um, uh, well, just to uh, just to keep up with what he's doing, and uh, he's one of my favourite fanfic authors. Uh, as well, so I uh, pop in and see if he's uh, is do doing something more like combining Buffy with um, Buffy and Top Gear, com uh, combined with uh, the wrong trousers, is about Marcus's speed. The only Top Gear fanfic I've read um, it involved Battle Max, but uh, that seems that seems perfectly reasonable. Favorite role-playing game celebrity. Oh, sorry, game RPG playing celebrity. I think what, what they're trying for here is somebody who is not known primarily for gaming, but who also plays games. I'm afraid it, it still has to be Will Wheaton, alas, because it will. Uh, I say alas because it will cause his head to swell even more um, if he hears about it. I don't really do celebrities, but maybe John Rogers, who's a TV producer and writer, is he? Oh. Um, did leverage. Doing, okay. Currently doing the librarians. I haven't seen the librarians. The leverage. Um, I think I watched two episodes of. Um, but but he certainly talks in in his comments on the show about playing games mm. and how this informs his show writing. So this is also helpful in terms of writing games. True. And last one, favourite non role playing game thing to come out of role playing. Ah well, this would be uh, my uh, membership of the Far Isles Medieval Society. The SCA, a spin-off of the SCA, which I in England, which I got involved with through Dave Rowe, um, who I think I first encountered when I was gaming up in Nottingham. Uh, I was touring, doing schools shows in the uh, in the nineteen eighties, and um, 
uh, and I ended up playing with Dave and he invited me along to the Far Isles where he was uh, High Marshal and uh, went around whacking people with uh, rattan swords and I became uh, a, a, a monk visiting the lands and eventually I rose to become monarch and cardinal archbishop and all that good things and I'm still a member and uh, end, uh, start of and end of October I have two rebels which I'm going to and looking forward to immensely. If I'm going to be soppy about it, I'll say it's the, the, the people I've met through it, well, oh, yeah. which is certainly true. Um, but apart from that, I I was playing a Russian character for basically random reasons and, and wanted to be able to mutter convincingly, and so I learned basic conversational Russian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's research, that is. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't have done it otherwise, so... <laughs> real, real research, that is. Unfortunately, I've forgotten most of it now, but such is life. For sure. Onwards. There is a perpetually recurring question, which is... Uh, actually a, a sign of health in the hobby, and that is, I want to GM. How do I start? Now, Roger and I go back a long way. It's um, been a while since we've been neutral playing. This is true. But I think if you look at it, there are three degrees of difficulty here. The first is, and the easiest, is to say, I'm with a group, I've seen people uh, GMing. I'd like to do some myself. I'd like to give it a try. The second is, I was with the group. I've seen GMing happening, and I'd like to start uh, a new with a new group of my own. And the third and hardest, and it still happens from time to time, even in this interconnected age, is I've heard about role-playing. I've read about role-playing. I'd like to GM. Uh, but I'm on my own, I've never seen it done, and I'd like to start a group. So where should we aim for if we're offering advice on where, how to start up? Well, I think if you if you have people you can ask, then you should ask them. Yeah. Which, which pretty and much... More than ask, watch them. See them do it. Yeah. Um, we we did, did have... Uh, feedback uh, from Guy Garrod, who was asking what would make a good first introduction. He's, he's I think, in your second category. He's familiar yeah. with the idea that, uh, of the sort of thing that happens in games, and he's gamed himself, but he, he doesn't have a group. He's trying, to, he's trying to put one together out of... He's found people who haven't role-played before yeah. and wants to find All a right. compelling but introduction But let's game. pitch to that, at that level, at that moderate uh, difficulty. All right, well, if you've observed GMing, then you have seen people in action, and you'll have enjoyed the game, first of all, think about the elements of the game that you enjoyed and think you can do. Broadly speaking, do we want to go the classic di uh, divisions here? Gamer, narrativist, dramatist, simulationist. Gaming is a central part of the, of the activity. It's the fun of playing a, a game, a fair game, and rolling dice and moving pieces and deciding what you can do in this situation. And it's an element that 
gets done down a little, um, but it is an important element in making it fun for people around the table. Uh, I, I think this is part of what, what stops it from being a collaborative storytelling exercise, Yeah, which may well be what you want, but it's not the same thing as a role-playing game. If, if, you try, if you're trying for one and you end up with the other, then you're generally not going to be happy. On the other hand, all games have elements. All successful role-playing games, in my opinion, have elements of this. All right, let's go to the other yeah, extreme. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think any of the, these extremes is a good one. Right, go to, go to the other, other wing, the, sometimes the, the opposing contesting wing, and that is narrativism. This is when you want to make a good story. The events of the evening as a, as a whole, when, when you look at it at, at the end, makes sense as a, as, as a story. This is just something you and your uh, players have to learn to put together and spot the tropes and follow the path. If you've got a good first adventure, then it'll get, help give form to that and help move you um, into the way of, of doing that sort of thing. And there are some systems which have tools to push you into doing things in a particular way, which people like or dislike, but Dramatist is the urge for the players to get into their parts. And if you've got somebody who's talented that way, then it will make a difference. It will spark, spark things. I, I see this as very much overlapping with the storyteller mode. Mm. Because if you have a character who's in genre, yeah. then, the, then the results are going to be practically the same. I've got, I've got the belief that the, the, if it's a character that the person can enjoy identifying with, um, then it's going to be uh, something that will make the whole thing spark and, and, and lift up. Even if it doesn't really fit to the rest of what you're doing, if the person is there, then the, 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 the game is more fun. That's that, the responsibility for that is going to lie with you as GM a bit at the start, because you're going to be... There's, there's no way anybody who hasn't role-played before is going to be competent to create a character on their own. For your first session, you're going to generate characters, or if you've got a few systems, will allow you to randomly roll characters very fast and put them together. It would, I think, depend on the sort of setting you're after, the sort of genre you're after. Yeah. If, if you are doing something that is based on a um, large, large cast TV show, say... Mm -hmm then people who are fans of that sort of show, and most people have seen at least one, will yeah. know, okay, you know, you, you've got a character who's good at something, but not who's going to dominate everything. Yeah, and there are there are games which... And the last bit is the simulation bit, which is the concern to make... And it, it ties in with it. Uh, simulationist and gamist support each other in a way. Simulationist is the ability to look at a situation and say, all right, how would this play out in, quote, reality. Yeah, we may have blasters, but we're still concerned about reality. We may have flying dragons, but we're still concerned about reality, consistency, the whole thing making sense. Don't get too deep into the simulationist at this stage, but do bear it in mind. People will obsess about the quality of Damascus steel in 1215, but you don't want to go there. You just want to take something that's good enough simulation of the way reality works. What a game system shouldn't do is cause everybody to stop and say, hang on a minute, that's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense, does it? Which we did so often in the early days, and still did to a certain extent. Yeah. All right. Um, we'll, that said, yeah. 
what's the best way to uh what's the best sort of thing for to do for a first session with you as a semi-virgin and them as complete virgins novices what's best to start with i have a couple of things well, hmm. three things really one a system that you as the gm know really well because uh, this may be because you've read it obsessively for the previous week or because you've been using it for years but what you absolutely don't want to do with new players especially is say hang on a minute I just need to look this up yeah um, we're assuming here that you're, you're that you, you're not I actually I've got to assume you're not that well prepared so take a system which feels intuitive to you which is my advice for in yeah, and that, that is very much a personal thing. I, as with cameras, there, there is one particular make of camera where I can pick it up and I think, where would I put the control for X? And it's there under my finger. Hmm. And there are other cameras which are just as good in absolute sense which don't do that for me. Yeah, find a system which simulate, which handles the things you're interested in handling and you can improvise off the rest. Um, and this is very much a matter of, of taste. I would say... Um, at this moment in time, I'm going to say something which is not going to stand well with a lot of our listeners. I'm going to say, don't do D&D as your first game. There are virtues to Dungeons & Dragons in all of its incarnations. It's, it's an especially good gamist game. It's well supported as a, a gaming activity, but it, it has very peculiar assumptions built into it. And, it, and the people who start with D&D and stick with D&D and never get beyond D&D, train themselves into a way of doing things. The, the, it's, the, it's, it's the one which everybody thinks about as defining fantasy role-playing games, and in many ways it can, does and continues to, but it defines them in a peculiar way, in the, in the, in the way that uh, Gygax and Arnson looked at The Lord of the Rings and Conan and all that sort of thing back in the 70s. And it twists things into 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 a very odd shape. Yeah, we we see this on the um, SJ Games forums sometimes when somebody is coming along and saying uh, we we want to try out GURPS, So how do I do this, this, and this? And these are, these are things that simply do not make sense outside the context of D and D. But D and D are the only games they've played. Yeah, um, and you can do yeah. that. How how much treasure should I give the the how much treasure should I give the players after after a GURPS session? Well, that depends entirely on the game. Yeah. Some games are not about treasure at all. And so all games are about character points in GURPS. <laughs> I would say what um, system you run is going to be very much dependent upon what setting you go with. Let's, let's go to the setting first. Well, yeah, the, the one I was thinking about was some, something that the players know and like. If, if there is something that all the players know and like, yeah. it's definitely going to be a winner here. And the yeah, we're in the UK. Yeah, all right. So most potential players have heard of Doctor Who and watched it a bit. Yeah, true. And I think these days that may well be true in the States as well. And I honestly think one could do a lot worse than Doctor Who Adventures in Time and Space as an introductory game. Yeah. Because uh, it gives you more of the sort of stories that you already know from the show, and it shows you how, how to put stuff together for the player and for the GM. Um, and then, then you can... Uh, you, you, you can... Cr play existing characters mm -hmm. or you can go on and build your own and it has um yeah it has the existing characters uh, treatments of the existing characters or perfectly easy to use uh, let's generate a 
a new a new character, even a new Time Lord uh, system. I would mention uh, what I mentioned before, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the role-playing game, yep. as if we're going to do uh, media-based genre things. It's a, a, a very simple system. It takes on board the fact that some people are more powerful than others and uh, allows for it in the, in the game system, as does Doctor Who, to yep. a certain extent. And, uh, that, and that's wise and uh, a good thing to do. If you're going to go with a television... Uh, a base base setting. That's the sort of th- thing you want. A team, something where there is a group of characters working together as a team, is a is the is the primary um, role playing experience, and one you should go with. Yeah, I, th- I think it's easier to adapt um, car- uh, ensemble cast television series than books because books generally have one or two characters who are the most important ones, yeah. generally. I would say there are a few classic scenarios which you should and settings you, which you should think about, because everybody knows them, everybody understands the tropes, and everybody can take the background of it, and then you can twist it a little, put strange things in it. Mm-hmm. For instance, the Seven Samurai is is a classic. The Defender Village. Mm-hmm. You're the incoming heroes, and you must guide less powerful, though more virtuous people than you, in defending their homestead against something. Uh, the Magnificent Seven um, also works. Yeah, and you, you might be able to beat up some of the bad guys individually, but there are too many of them, and you are going to have to tra- train these unfortunates to help take a hand in their own defence. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a classic setup. Westerns, in general, have a lot of scenarios that you will... Um, be able to ad- adapt to you're a team of, of gunslingers doing this, this, and this. Well, they, they fed into most of the other pulp genres from which we... Yeah, from which we... role-playing descents. Um, but you find a, a setting that, it, that interests you. I'm going to mention a game that we have uh, mentioned a lot uh, today, which is Pendragon. It's got a very limited intent. It only does heroic um, Arthurian knights. But it does those terribly well provides all the support that you could need. And everybody around the table should know um, what um, the, the sort of adventure the Knights of King Arthur will find themselves in. And again, it's a, it's a relatively simple system. It's a relatively simple uh, simple system, and, and I found, found it quite intuitive. Um, you should consider whether you're, uh, whether you're doing this as a one-off as well, or whether you're thinking about what you might do afterwards. If you're thinking of a one-off, then a classic horror scenario and something from Call of Cthulhu. Mm. It's a, it, everybody understands haunted houses. Everybody understands there's a monster. We're all going to die. Call of Cthulhu is well mechanically supported and has a lot, a whole shed load of um, scenarios for it. You can find something, but you may be spoiled for choice. Yeah, and, and I think e- even if there isn't a game dedicated to the specific genre you want to play, um, it that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. Uh, just find find a nice simple system like Fudge, like Warp, like. Well, can we mention GURPS Light? Yeah, I think GURPS Light is is, is free, and it is um, it is it is the lead into a more complex and better supported uh, game, but you can. And there are there are a handful of scenarios for it, which you which 
uh, which you can use, or you can adapt it to some specific setting. It, uh, a Western with GURPS Lite would be very easily done. Yeah, if you, if you did choose to start with some, something of, of a GURPS type, and uh, Lite would be a good approach to that, what I would suggest is start with something that doesn't have a lot in the way of weird powers. Yeah. Um, just get the hang of... It may, maybe you know, modern secret agents or a western would work quite well, or a relatively low fantasy medieval. So, something where you've basically got pe people who are fighting by conventional means, get the hang of that first and then add on the weird stuff later. Don't, Otherwise there may be too much at once. Yeah, don't flood your players with game mechanics. Absolutely. Your G it's the, the GM's job to understand how, how the game flows. The most a player sh uh, should know is which particular set of dicey rolls to de to decide what what's happening if they want to try something tricky something you haven't thought of then be prepared to improvise don't bother looking at the rules improvise a bonus or a penalty and and find uh, find find a way to do it there will be rules in any full set of system to handle almost anything but Go with what your your gut tells you at the, at the first time. It, it's more important to get something that feels right at the time than to get what is right ten minutes later. Yeah, flow is the yep. thing you are after. the The game should should flow from incident to to incident. It should shouldn't hiccup, and you should give everybody a character who can do something, and something that character can do. Yeah, uh, I should say, as a man in black, Steve Jackson Games Demo Agent, I run GURPS for people who have never played GURPS and sometimes never played any role-playing game before. And GURPS has a reputation as a complex system, and sometimes people will be worried about that. But the essential point is that I start with, right, that's a skill number. I'm, at some point I'm going to ask you to roll against that skill, and you roll these, these dice, and the lower the number the better. Mm. If you get that number or less... You've probably you've probably succeeded, and that that is not a terribly hard thing to comprehend. I mean, yeah. well, start with that, and that that is all you need for a simple adventure. Mm -hmm. And then then you can go on to the details of things as people as people are interested. But spread it out because you don't you don't want to have to learn lots of stuff before you can start. Okay, learn to use learn to take your your players' ideas when, and whenever possible run with them. Mm. Learn to use yes. But, and no but, properly. Yes, yeah, yes, you can do that, but you will, will risk falling into the canyon if you do. No, but there's another way around. Um, if you can, if, if you can, th uh, if you can spot it. Don't block. Enhance uh, the detail of what's happening, or offer an alternative path. Yeah, that when TSR was still running um, game tournaments, mm. they they had some advice to scenario writers that I particularly liked. They're saying, if you if you've got a particular uh, a puzzle sort of encounter, yeah, you should come up with one one solution that will definitely work. Yeah, two or three that definitely won't work, mm. and why, and just leave it there because the the GM will have to improvise based on what the players come up with, and that that will give them enough information to work out this 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 solution ought to work and this solution ought not to. Uh, as as distinct from saying there is only one true way, and if you if you don't happen to hit on it, then you, then you are naffed. You can't go any further. Yeah, uh, the word for that is, pi is pixel bitching. Um, it comes mm. comes from um, 
very early computer games where you had to find just the right spot on the screen to click with your mouse, otherwise the damn thing wouldn't work at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I have a thought about this, which is, chances are these days, people who are interested in role-playing will, will play computer games. Yeah. And I try to emphasise things that the computers don't do well, because yeah, I, I want players to come back. You know, any computer game these days can do really detailed graphics mm. and um, gory, noisy fights with blood going splat and so on. But they don't do they don't trigger your sense of smell. Whereas in a role playing game, you can describe what something smells like. Yeah. Uh, they don't do complex conversations with with, with other characters. Yeah. Uh, they they don't do big plots where the PCs can say, okay, you know, I quite like what Side A is up to, but I don't completely agree with them. I'm not, I'm not going to throw in wholeheartedly. Hey, 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 we're trying to get him through the first session. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing to keep in mind. There is stuff that computer game, uh, yeah. to, to my mind, for a, for a simple let's go down the dungeon and kill monsters, computer games probably do it better. It's true. I'm, I, I bought Skyrim recently and I'm hacking my way through. So try to go for the things that can be, that the computer doesn't do better because what's the point of playing of playing a second-rate computer game? It's true. Uh, there is a certain amount of fun, and, and Roger decried my battle mat earlier on, but there is a certain amount of fun in getting the little cardboard figures out and moving them around the dungeon. I should say that a dungeon crawl is a very good first scenario if you can find a good one. The, the pleasure of going down in, into the dark and carefully opening doors and getting jumped uh, by strange things and, and trying to work together as a team. Mm. It isn't bad as, uh, as a role-playing scenario. I, I, I argued against D&D, but I'm not against the dungeon crawl. There are lots of other games that do it, after yeah. all. Yeah, I, I would probably go more towards the interpersonal stuff and may, maybe a mystery and who, who's the bad guy in this small community or something yeah. of that sort. But, that again, that's, that is going to be a matter of personal taste. The Hunt the Werewolf uh, scenario. Yep. Um, it's the sort of thing, actually, that you, you might employ the random strange party of strangers who is coming to town um, to solve your little problem. Well, we know none of you is the bad guy because you weren't here last night when somebody got killed. So, find our <laughs> werewolf, please. And try not to get eaten by him. I would say... Find a, a system that you feel you can you can you can do things with. Find a setting or a genre that you believe your players will know and can, or at least can pick up really quickly. Yeah, and create some characters or find uh, find some characters. Find a scenario if one's been published. Go through it a lot. Know it thoroughly, and be prepared to leave it when um, the players do something totally unexpected. Yeah, there is lots of free stuff out there. Do not feel the need to go out and buy. Though there is good stuff we bought as well, but particularly for getting started. Yeah. Um, GURPS Lighting PDF, I think Caravan to Anaris is free I think, now. I think Caravan to Anaris there, 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 are, there are free adventures for pretty much whatever system you might feel interested in. Um, and smile, <laughs> grit, and never let them see you sweat. <laughs>
that was a bumper edition of uh, Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice. With me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell West. Please tell us about your needs for starting a new campaign and finding new players and um, your virginal GMing experiences as well at uh, either the website or... Podcast at tekele.ly And we hope to see you again in a month's time.